0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to a special episode of Just My Thoughts with your boy, Loami Richardson. In this episode, I did a live Facebook interview with my sister and professor of Valencia College, Jennifer Tomlinson, to discuss the truth of the civil rights movement and what Martin Luther King was advocating. There are many on social media who is hijacking and changing the narrative of what Martin Luther King Was truly protesting to fit a narrative to silence the Black Lives Matter movement as well as to justify the death of George Floyd. In this episode, you'll be informed, you will laugh, and most importantly, you'll be educated to the truth of what Martin Luther King was advocating. I hope that this will be an eye opening podcast and that this information that is shared will help you better understand what the protest and the civil rights movement was all about i just want to personally say thank you thank you thank you thank you for taking the time to talk about something um that has been blazing our social media feeds and um i'll be quite honest as people are coming in and watching that i've realized that the reason why there's so much misinformation or misunderstandings is because of lack of education like people just don't know they share things that are fits their narrative their understanding and so because of a lack of education is why people are posting things that are not 100 percent accurate so we're going to talk about that here today but if you could just please introduce to the world who you are I know who you are. Like we go way back, 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 back. You back, know, back, so before back, we back. were woke, <laughs> before we were woke. Yeah. So, so, let you me know, we we my... um we've known each other for years. But I... Go ahead.
1: No, I was just saying. I want to just first say thank you for having me. Um, on your platform, you know, I love you. You're my brother. I support everything that you do all of your hustles and Obviously your wonderful ministry. So thank you for having me. Um, and I'm glad that we can do this
0: together. Yeah, you you you're doing your thing too. I, I see the t-shirt So can you please let the world know what you do outside of your yeah. work? Let them know
1: so I I teach full-time. I'm, I'm a professor but on the side I started my podcast last year, it's called Black Women Be Well. Um, And please visit our website for more information. I talk about health and wellness um, uh, through the unique perspective of black women. It's just another podcast to give us a voice because we're oftentimes marginalized, forgotten, not a part of the conversation or research. So it's a great way for um, women black women to exchange, but also it's been really helpful for white women too. So for a white, my white, my white sisters, if, or even white brothers, if you, um, wanted to do good work and want to learn about, um, black women and their experiences, this is a podcast for you too, to get a deeper dive in what it's like to be a black woman in America. So
0: listen, I'll be listening. I'm just like, man, I I feel so educated right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I was so ignorant to all of the things that, uh, (laughs) you be sharing. So I do be tuning in, you know what I'm saying? It has been uh, gaining a lot of traction. So that's, that's, it's awesome. Like who would have imagined growing up the way we did, we're now put in this position to be a voice to kind of just lead and educate a movement. And so I appreciate the support and whatever we can do together to try to make change in our communities. uh, We need to continue to do, but let's dive right into it. Let's do and it. The, and the reason why I reached out to you is because uh, you you did a uh, <laughs> you did a vent post on Instagram, and I was like, "Ooh, child!" Shared it on my Instagram, and as soon as I shared it, people started sharing it, and I realized that it got some traction, and I saw the zeal, the passion behind it, and and so that's why I reached out because, especially in the climate that we're dealing with, right, uh, with the rioting and the protesting, people are. Are forgetting the root cause as to why this is happening. And unfortunately, there's a lot of our counterparts, a lot of our friends who are using Martin Luther King Jr. quotes, not necessarily in context to fit a narrative. And I know you've seen this one. All right. So this is the famous one that everyone's been sharing, where uh, you, you may or may not be able to see it, but it says, Never burned one building. Never robbed one store, never destroyed one town, changed the world. All right. And, and a friend of mine, he he crossed that out, and he said they still killed him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now I want you, because because you're not only a, 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 a you're you're an educator, and so you have you you have knowledge of this type of history, and so can you please let the world know the truth about the civil rights movements and what Martin Luther King was really advocating for. And was he just a kumbaya, my Lord, that's whole hand sing songs and went home or was there more to his message? Please share.
1: Absolutely. I think we forget Dr. King was about his business. Um, And the version of him that we have now is quite frankly, a it's a white, it's a whitewashed version. Um, And I, we have to be really cognizant of the fact that he was he was murdered, and before he could have been killed any time during his his work, um, and but when he was killed, uh, it was very strategic, and I think at that time people were mindful of turning him into a martyr. So um, upon his murder you see that his narrative was quickly um, hijacked quite frankly and so what we get now is this very glorified edified version or idealistic version of Dr. King and he was very much human Um, and this is why that's problematic because when we have a Dr. King that's almost godlike we it puts us in a position where we think we can't do what he he did and that's one um, one issue and the truth is, he was very much human. Um, and we don't ever hear the fact that, you know, he was a bit of a womanizer. He had some, some vices. I'm sure he had to talk to God about it and whatever he needed to do. Um, so we don't humanize him enough to see that we can do what he did. And number two, um, we never get to hear his failures. The mm. parts during the moments when um, during the movement when he was most unsuccessful. And when he was unsuccessful, that's when we see white supremacists getting quick. They learn very quickly um, how nonviolent protest, the reality of nonviolent protest, and I think this is what you're speaking to in the first place, that it was a technique to demonstrate the actual violence in America. So um, SCLC, the organization that Dr. King was leading at the time would go in um, and use nonviolent protesting um, knowing that it would e- it evoke violence. So it wasn't a peaceful protest. There, the thoughts in our heads are that they were singing songs down the street, and all the white people were like, I'm going to listen. <laughs> I'm <gonna> onto
0: something. <laughs> I want to join that. They sound good. They sing good.
1: <laughs> I right. think y'all are onto something. And, you know, they weren't talking to people in the streets like, hey, come here, let me teach you something. Um, the, the, the fact of the matter that is the truth is that the protestings were done strategically knowing that it would invoke violence from white people. And they Mm. knew that if they could capture that on the camera, it would um, demonstrate and show to the whole world uh, how violent um, uh, white supremacy is in our society. And it worked because the camera was a new thing at the time. News media was kind of new. It's not, it wasn't, it was heavily regulated. So we're used to turning on the TV and seeing (laughs) all sorts of things. That was not the case at the time. So when white America finally realized, oh, wow, um, they're really killing, they're really killing black people in the street, uh, that allowed pressure for our local and state governments to feel, you know, feel enough pressure to make change. Um, So it wasn't peaceful at all. These people were beaten, they were, uh hauled away to prison um they were they had dogs sicked sick on them they were i mean it was not a peaceful experience at all and it almost in a lot of cases also created riots and and the fact that people don't think riots happened in the civil rights movement is is a little bit misguided because we're left with this image of you know almost like a godlike figure all he did was come down and enter the streets and everybody was like he saw he saw racism <laughs>
0: What <laughs> right and, and it's interesting you brought this up because it, it shows that history does repeat itself right
1: mm-hmm. childish
0: gambino what's the song uh this is america he's like yo that's silly that's a tool so will smith said this perfectly racism hasn't died it's just being recorded right so right. what what happened like if it wasn't for those videos and that footage back then we would never fully understand what market Mark, you know mlk had to go through and endure and even now especially everyone's kind of quarantined everyone's there's nothing to distract them they're seeing it and it's like i've gotten multiple calls and text messages throughout this week so overwhelming was like i get it i'm sorry i what can i do to implement change but but it's interesting because the same people who are who are uh mentioning that martin luther king advocated pro you know peaceful protests are the same americans who that like forget that this country was you know Founded on violence, right? And now we're, we're not advocating it. We're not saying yes, go tear down the cities, and 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 we're seeing the, the looting and things like that. We're not advocating for that. But this no. idea that if you can just do it this way, this is the right way. Well, Kaepernick showed oh, yeah. that. Hey, we did it the right way, and six years later, he's looking like a genius right now. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up because as like he, he, he Martin Luther King didn't come, home, <laughs> he didn't come home. No, he got he got shot. He got Absolutely. murdered. And, and I want I want you to expand a little bit, and and then you can you know uh, piggyback off whatever. Like, why was Martin Luther King the most hated man in America right before he died? Like, why was he one of those hated people? Because if he was such a man of peace, then truly everybody would just love him and embrace him. Why was he so hated?
1: He challenged the status quo. He 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 perverted their order in their in their eyes. He he was um, he shook up what, uh, and it's the same reason why people are, are frustrated now, people that are in power are frustrated now. He he wanted equity and he did not want to keep order as it was. He wanted equity for all. And so it, it was a challenge to the status quo. And so you have a man, and, and also um, in the protest, remember, he all of the protests were illegal at the time. We have legal laws now because of what happened then. So we have like desegregation and you can't tell someone that they can't enter your stores or whatever. At the time those laws didn't exist. So everything he did was defiance to the Black Letter law. He literally broke laws. So the same thing we hear now from, um, critics, uh, crit- uh, from critics who are criticizing this are saying Uh, protest but don't break laws. That's literally what Dr. King did. And when people would challenge him to that, he would say things like, um, you know, I can't follow an unjust law. An unjust law is an unjust law. So I'm gonna obviously break it. Um, And he was hated for that. White people oftentimes Well, his response, the response he got from white people was, You need to stay in place. You need to follow the proper channels. You need to do it the way we want you to do it. And this is where we get his letter from a Birmingham jail. He gets a letter from um, clergy that included rabbis, um, priests, and ministers telling him things like, Wait, you should use the regular judicial system. You should. D- don't come out don't we don't need you outsiders stirring up our good negroes here um, essentially those are the major themes in the letter and so you see dr king responding in the letter from a birmingham jail and he's like first of all we've been waiting for 400 years how much longer should we wait hmm. your judicial hmm. system the criminal justice system is not um set up to actually advocate for us and this is why we want change um, and, and while we're breaking unjust laws so you can change them. Um, and then there's obviously other themes in there, but he was hated for that. He was hated because he was attempting to change, challenge the status quo, and he was doing it in a defiant way while white people were saying, do it in this way. You know? And it's the same rhetoric you're hearing now. White, you know, some people in power are saying, and not even just white, Blacks alike are saying, um, you see those protesters? They need to do it this way. And to your point, we did do it that way. We literally have a great example of Colin Kaepernick using his powerful platform to protest peacefully. And what did we do? We had politicians hijack his actual message for political power. And then then it becomes a thing about flags and disrespect and um, etiquette instead of what he was trying to focus on is a reformation on criminal justice and um, police brutality. He literally did that.
0: And, and I want to piggyback off what you're saying, Colin, because just as you say, with Martin Luther King, he wasn't perfect in the process, right? But he was learning it as he grew. And same thing with Colin. Colin was not perfect in his beginning stages of what he was saying, but he, he got educated and, and he became more understanding of what he needed to uh, implement that change. But you're right. It's it, this narrative that's constantly changing. Well, if you do it this way, and it's always the, the path of least resistance, whatever makes me... Racism, put it over there, somewhere in that back little corner... Don't I don't want to deal with it, and I think for the first time, Jennifer and, and and you, you can give me your opinion about this. This is the first time in my thirty-five years of life that I've seen everyone kind of just like. There's not a good majority of people are saying, "I I see it, I, see it. I get yeah. it." So here, here's what's happened.
1: So um, this is why. The hijacking of Dr. King's narrative is so important. Where we have people that have made him a martyr taking his narrative and recreating this image that we have of Dr. King and saying, See, we did it. He's dead Mm -hmm. now, but we've solved civil rights. Um, And (laughs) in reality, um, in reality, his. Not everything was solved after his death. And police brutality was still happening. And and there's actual lots of research that demonstrates that the KKK and white supremacists actually successfully um, entered into police force agencies, right? Um, And this is why you see um, people getting that. This is why people are getting murdered in New York, in DC, in LA. It's just now there's no movement at the time to record it
0: mm.
1: fast forward to the in the age of innovation everyone has um, cameras and we all have um, are the ability have the ability to record now there's no need for a tv studio to go in and record it, like in Dr. King's time, everyone is recording it now. It's further demonstrating that we never really solved all of the racial issues, even though Dr. King died. But somehow that narrative was hijacked and and white people, honestly, were told that. They were told there was this great man and he fixed it. And white America went back home and said, Mm -hmm. thank God, you know, I can eat in the diner with a Black Mm -hmm. person, racism Mm is solved. And in reality that we had areas still violently um, being, um, uh, uh, violently attacked by uh, police agencies. Um, And then we see things like redlining happening, um, gerrymongering to control the black vote. Um, We have um, educational disparities um, and laws that are put into place, local laws put into place to further segregate. So we, so, you know, Dr. King, Uh, his whole movement was desegregation, then why is Chicago so hyper-segregated? Because other things were in place, put in place really to keep the status quo. So things we, yes, we move forward, but things weren't solved at all. There was still more work to have happen, but we've controlled this uh, um, narrative of Dr. King saying that, uh, see, he died, but everything is fixed. And here's why America's saying, oh, snap, they were right. Hmm. Hmm. It wasn't. Hmm. And now they're seeing it like, wow, yeah, I I didn't know. Right? So
0: you, you brought up a point about the narrative. What can we do? Because the number one thing that I've asked, what can I do? What can I do? And so the first thing I say, hey, watch 13th or, you know, watch this documentary. Yeah. But how can we educate people? Because here's what, what, I, what I'm seeing. There's a lot of facts on both ends of the spectrum. They're both true, but they don't fit into the overall arcing, you know, uh, uh, Story to make those facts negate. You know, those facts are out of context to the to the bigger story that's really at hand, right? Yeah. So, what? How does racism? Show me examples of racism within the country, and then uh, all of these stats are then spewed. And well, you can't deny this, this the facts, but they, they're still it's being omitted for a bigger picture. So, how can we help people? see the true narrative of what's happening as opposed to just fact-checking things and then using this information to fit my understanding of something. What what are some suggestions or resources or anything that you can suggest to give to people?
1: I think that what you speak to is really true that people pick and choose what information to quickly share on social media. I think that's the first step is to recognize that that cannot be your only source for information. Um, And I would even suggest to take a fast from it for a while and do some other, uh, if that's your only source, find some others. That's the first thing that we have to look for education from other places. The other thing, there needs to be some kind of internalized shifting happening. So I, I would recommend for people, black and white alike, because they're going to have different experiences in terms of how they need to get educated. But for black and white alike, take some time and really reflect on how am I receiving education? So, for example, for someone that is highly privileged, maybe they're affluent um, and rich, uh, affluent in a higher economic, so- socioeconomic Um, tier, and they're uh, racially white, they would need to reflect, where have I gotten most of my knowledge about race and history? Mm. If it was from a predominantly white school taught by predominantly white teachers, you probably have some blind spots. Mm. If a lot of your education comes around the dinner table, I hate to say it, your parents might be a little bit internally racist or uh, (laughs) (laughs) there might be a chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and if that's your only source of information is what you guys exchange during Thanksgiving, when your r- uncle says something really random, your drunk uncle says something random, um, take time and really reflect. Where is par- predominantly my education for uh, of race and history coming from? And then once that internal uh, reflection happens, now you're ready to and you hold the mirror to yourself and say, Wow, yeah, I've been living in an echo chamber my whole life. I need to get some outside help. Um, I'm an educator, I'm a professor, so I'm a big advocate for college. Uh, so take all of the multicultural classes you can, things about Black people, uh, Indigenous people, uh, but obviously that's an expensive way to do it if you don't have financial aid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, obviously I, I, I have a bunch of books that I think are great resources, and if you want to know the true picture of the civil rights movement, there's a book by Harvard, uh, oh gosh, it's called King, um, Harvard Sitkoff, and he gives a true picture of Dr. King, so you get the good, bad, and ugly, and it's not in any way to defame him, but it really does help humanize him in a way where you can Mm -hmm. kind of relate, like, wow, if he could do this, and he had this problem, I could do it, Um, And then you get a real picture of him. There's also a great book called Freedom's Daughters. It's the civil rights movement, the whole history of the civil rights movement, but told from the perspective of women. And so you see how much women were our grassroots leaders and organizers. And then you also see while there were some missed opportunities because of misogyny for women to black women to be recognized as leaders. And that's something that we still deal with even today. Um, But at least that book captures their stories that's often left out of history. Um, And then, like you said, there's a bunch of films you can watch. If you don't like to to, if you don't like to read and you're not triggered and you're triggered through film. Um, you need to get into circles with people that know stuff so you can learn. And that's another thing. Let's just start talking with so each So you're person.
0: telling people get, they need to get a black friend if they don't have one?
1: <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. What <laughs> I was on, let me correct that. <laughs> <laughs> what I was speaking to was affinity spaces. Black people need to get around some black people that know something. Find you a mm-hmm. mentor or a group. And the same thing with white people. Find if you know that your, your your social your social circles typically says the same thing over and over again, and it's not anything progressive. You might need to find some other white friends, right? Yeah. To yeah. learn it grow from there. I do love also the ability for the races to cross over and to talk to each other. But Black, a lot of Black people do not have the emotional bandwidth to deal with it. So I don't recommend White people saying I need to find a Black friend. <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah. but if I'm someone who's willing, like I often tell White, especially White women, um, if you need someone to talk to, I'm willing to listen to your Potentially challenging thoughts to help you work through them if you want to work through them. Mm-hmm. Now, I oftentimes, also do that for a fee. We could set up some coaching some coaching sessions because it is emotionally draining. <laughs> I have done that before. All right. <laughs> so,
0: but listen, I I the reason we jokingly said that, but I'm glad that you 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 gave that that. That point, because you know, I have a lot of minority friends, black friends. I graduated from Evans High School, mm-hmm. went to all private school at Forest Lake Academy, got kicked out, didn't stay <laughs> too long, right?
1: Wait a minute, wait a minute. Can I just acknowledge the fact that I'm so proud of you, bro? Like I, I knew Luwami. Y'all don't really know Luwami. I
0: knew Lawami back in Tampa. Luwami, y'all don't even know. Oh, no, don't, talk, don't talk about Tampa. Don't talk about. <laughs> he brought it from a mighty long way. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Know, hey, that's just a blip in history. No one knows about Tampa Loami. Let's not. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm sweating that now. Oh, I, I totally forgot. I totally. That forgot to out there. Yeah. <laughs> Praise Lord the I gotta say. God is good all the time. Mercy. Yeah. You so, now, bro, go ahead. <laughs> but. I, I went to a multicultural school, of, you know, at a private school at Forest Lake. Got kicked out, and to be honest, when I went to Evans, it was an eye-opening experience. And man, I think, you know, you know, we—I grew up in Pine Hills. I was the only light-skinned Puerto Rican boy there. You know, <laughs> Multi-Caribbean <laughs> church. I thought I was Jamaican at one point, man. It, it was honorary, you know, right, I mean, right. honorary. Uh, yeah, but you know, as I got older, I've I've been able to, especially within the lines of ministry, I've I've been able to work with a lot of non-blacks, a lot of whites. And, and over time, I've had good, com- you know, developed good friendships. And one in particular, I won't say his name, but we have those uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. And he calls me out on myself, like, "Low, that sounds kind of low-key racist. So how are you going to tell me I'm racist, white boy from Mississippi? You don't know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it, but, but it was that same place, but but where we people don't like friction. And I think that people have to understand friction allows Movement to happen, Absolutely. right? Like, and so I. One thing I have done is not, you know, the biggest thing in the world. But every time I see a, a white person post something that is fighting for the cause, I affirm them. And I say, "Thank you for being a voice." And it's amazing. It's like, what can I do? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, if you ever need to talk, ask me the uncomfortable questions. Yeah. You know, like, like create a safe place where people's like, hey, I have these. You know, it's okay. Like. Mm-hmm. A, Now don't put, you know, sometimes we kind of just go on Facebook and just post everything. And then we're we're dealing with 30, 40 knuckleheads and we, you know, but that intern, you know, that one-on-one relationship that, that, Hey, I've, I've created a safe place for friends of mine who I've always talked about this stuff, but they never understood Mm it. And now they're like, yo, I'm like, I'm with you, bro. Like, you know, a lot of, Hey, can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, 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 yeah, and they're like, "Oh, please, just no, just say it." You know what I'm saying? And so you,
1: you have a patience a lot of people don't have. That's what no, because I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the. I I'd rather you ask me about my hair than to ask Tanya because Tanya ain't got time for it. <laughs> 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 so I'm I like, "Come, come here, Sally, come." Can I touch your hair? No, <laughs> don't touch my hair. What and I'd be you? like, come, "Come ask me. I don't mind because." Like you're saying, there is, there does need to be some inner, interpersonal connection between us. And let me tell you, white people do not like to talk about race because it, it is true that a lot of times when they bring it up or they say something, it's immediately met with um, an emotional reaction because we the our nation has not restored our, our, uh, this race. They have not um, publicly admitted to any wrongdoing in terms of slavery. We have not gotten any restoration, retribution. um, I I can even throw out the whole reparations thing, but Mm -hmm. we have not been restoratively uh, brought back. And um, so there's a lot of hurt still even after 400 years there's still a lot of vicarious hurt and generational hurt. So when someone says something, and I, you could get an emotional reaction and it's 100 percent justified. Right. Um, and so they are afraid to say anything, even if it's for an educational purpose. Like, let me share so you can te- help me. Um, so I'm oftentimes kind of like, kinda, you know, I come in like, like what you do with your friends, like, bro, it's OK. This is a safe space. Right. Ask me. And they say off the wall stuff. And I sit there and I'm like, let me help you. And then the next day I'm booking a counseling session. <laughs> <laughs> i my own mind. Right, 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 right. You know, if you have that kind of patience too. You allow for that space. Not right. everybody can do that.
0: Yeah. And, and, and so it's, are we going to be willing to listen and hear, or are we just going to, Hey, this is the way I think this is the way I am. And you're right. I'm wrong. And, and we can never make true progress with that, but yeah, you know, uh, not everyone is patient. So, um, you know, find, find, you know, put position yourself in a way where you can grow and get, you have to get uncomfortable. If you want to grow, if you, if you're a fitness instructor if you don't get uncomfortable, you're never going to grow, right? Your muscles, you're never going to be able to build endurance, and so more now than ever before. I'll be honest; uh, uh, I haven't shared this yet, but I, I figured it's timely. Like I go to the, I went to Publix. I shared this on on Facebook Live. Like this older white lady, she was checking out my groceries, and she just basically said, "You know, I want you to be safe." And it warmed my heart. I was like, "Oh, thank you!" Like like uh-huh. being black right now is like people are so sympathetic. Now I'm walking around my neighborhood. No lie, I promise. I promised him my To my father in heaven, I'm walking around the neighborhood. I have my AirPods on, and I'm doing what I'm doing. And I'm, hey, hey, I'm like the first reaction is like, what? And it's an older white gentleman, maybe about fifty years old, kind of scruffy looking with a dog. He's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm good. He's like, just know I'm with you. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Thank, thank you. But Jennifer, but here's the reality. I think people are being so overly nice, but my first reaction was fear. Absol- hey, I, I felt it too. I was like, "Who, who did what?" Yeah, yeah. And notice that you like, like, hey, it, uh, fear. so, so, understand that this overwhelming love and acceptance mm-hmm. hasn't been felt the and- way that ever. And we're seeing that now we don't know how to accept it because we've always been a people of resistance. Like you walk right. home and you know, people are seeing you because of your locks. People are seeing me because of my fitted hat and I'm wearing a shirt that says oppression, you know, whatever the case may be. And, and, and so now people are, you know, cause it's always a paradigm shift. Like I, I've been, a, I've been a butthead the whole my life. And now I'm going to be overly nice. And we don't know how to accept that. Absolutely. And, and so now it's like, it's, it's cool now. But Jennifer, my question to you, what can we do moving forward, not only from the educational field? And I and I hope once we're done, you can kind of uh share the books and the references on the comments below so people can get access to that. I know I will. I have so many books I gotta read them. <laughs> but but what can we do to help people embrace and better, not only better understand the civil rights movement, but help people understand that history repeats itself and the less the positive lessons we can learn from the past. How can we implement those things now to really implement change? And I'm going to conclude with that because I'm going to talk about one more thing mm-hmm. that I know is a topic for you, but but I just wanted to see if you can give me some, some insight on that.
1: So you're talking about not just the educational thing, but what else do, can people do personally or socially for change?
0: Yeah. You know, we, we look, we admire Martin Luther King's Jr. Civil Rights Movement we're seeing that there's a, there's a cry for call for change. What can our white friends and our white counterparts do mm-hmm. to not only okay. protest with them arm and arm and say, we're with you, but what can people do to really make change within our construct, our, our, uh, you know, within our system? Yeah. You know, because it's good to Black Lives Matter fist and blackout, but like, there's more than just that that we need to do. so
1: absolutely. Um, so I, I totally agree too that there's this I've never gotten so many text messages from white colleagues before ever during any of any of the other times there's been a you know a shooting that was put on TV like um, so I agree like there's this and I'm sure a lot of other black people have experienced this overly, supportive gestures from white America. And I think that in a lot of ways, they don't know what to do. And so that's at least something they they can do. And I commend them for that. Um, and so I think that in a lot of ways, they just don't, they don't know what to do and they can't ask us because it's not our burden to tell them what to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would really recommend that some white Americans, go do some therapy and really uh, do some mental health therapy about how racism may have affected them. Mm. Um, And I, I don't know any therapists that really specialize in that uh, type of therapy, but we have to really understand that um, race issues don't just impact Black people, uh, they off, they also negatively impact white people. And this makes me think of, if you read any classical, not classical, but any Amer- African American literature from um, slavery-themed literature, uh, like, for example, uh, Frederick Douglass' Douglass's Narrative of a narrative of Slave, he makes commentary on how um, he saw how much how much racism uh, created brutality in, in his slave masters, and in particularly the slave the uh, masters' wives, and they were most the most brutal, um, so that they could act like their slave masters, or to show that they too have some c- control. Um, so that's an example, right, of how slavery or racism has created unhealthy white Americans. Um, and so if we look at it as almost like a sickness, they need to get treatment. And I don't know if they've ever approached their own mental health in that way. How has, how has racism impacted me negatively in the things that I do and in my behavior? And this is how we get an Amy Cooper, Amy Cooper. I read her credentials. She's like super progressive. Like she voted for, she's like a democratic Democrat, um, And if you notice in her phone call, she doesn't say a black man is attacking me. She says an African-American man. Mm -hmm. But she knows the terminology, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the totally correct terminology, and yet she still has internalized racism. Hmm. Where did you get that from? You You need to dig deep in how racism has affected you.
0: I think once that happens, I mean that doesn't have have to happen first, um, but well, I guess a simple question that most people just have to ask: Do I have any racial bias? Yes, and and ask that question, and, that and then I guess start from there, and then research, yeah. and then yeah, and, lead, get lead off, the and
1: get off, get off social media. You need to be about it. Don't, mm. say, don't post things like I wish I could do more you can you got to do it now you got to be out in these streets with these young protesters or I'm not you know I'm not a I'm not meant for protesting that's
0: not my skill set pray for me because <laughs> I gotta do one today and I'm nervous as get <laughs> I cried earlier because I've I'm, I'm uh,
1: see, you got legs and you got stamina you're you're good you're good I would need a break every 10 minutes but I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> But see, we need people on the ground, and then you have others, the strategy people in the back. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was just talking to my mentor today. He's actually going to be on WMFE tomorrow's show at 12. It's called uh, uh, the Inter- Intersection Show. Um,
0: Where can they check that out?
1: WMFE tomorrow at 3 p.m. He's going to be on um, the show Intersection Okay. He was saying how now that the young people are protesting, now we have to have our strategists. Like, yeah, the law degree. I'm the, I'm the, I'm you know the professor. I know the history, Uh, and then we need some white people in the room for those types of things because they have access to spaces we don't have access to, they have access to resources we don't have access to, and so it's time for them to leverage their privilege and their resources for action. If you can't be in the streets, there's other things you can do. If you're an educator, change the way you teach, make it be more inclusive. If you're a, if you're a lawyer, start doing some pro bono cases or start doing some um, work with ACLU. If you're uh, whatever it is, you need to you need to do it. It's time to, you know, not just say I wish I could do more. You literally can. You're po- you you're totally use your sphere
0: of influence, your career, whatever it is. Yes. And- immerse yourself yes. in the cause so we're gonna conclude with that thank you but we're gonna conclude with this question because I I appreciated the 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 history of the civil rights movement and what Martin Luther King was fighting for but there was something that I was like you took off your glasses girl you was just <laughs> like I am I am tired of sick and tired being sick and tired <laughs> and so we're gonna talk about it and I, I don't know how much time we're gonna spend on talking about this but like I know what you was referring to because, you know, not all cops are bad, Jennifer. Okay. Not all cops are bad. Okay. Please share your thoughts because (laughs) you can talk about blue lives matter too and all cops aren't bad. The The point of that video
1: was to stay on topic. Stop gaslighting us. And if you could really look at this as a toxic relationship and whoever, if you're a female watching this show, When a man has gaslighted you, that was the most frustrating thing. We're not talking about that. We're talking about this. Why are you bringing Mm -hmm. up other stuff? And I think it's just people that want to keep the status quo. They don't like, um, they want to keep order as it is. And uh, um, they just, so then they throw up all these other topics when the topic is very clear. There needs to be criminal justice reformation um, and we should end police brutality. So, it's a it's a logic it's a logic thing. Of course not all cops are bad. Right. What 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 point is that? What what is the point with that? It's the same thing. All lives matter is a
0: gaslighting
1: technique.
0: Uh, but, 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 and it's funny. This is a comedian, I forget his name, <laughs> The Saturday Night Live. he and he was just making the point. He was like, "We just said black lives matter. Not more important, not less, <laughs> matter. Just Matter. Matter. People got upset. (laughs) We just matter. So for the fact that you said all lives matter, yeah, we're saying the same, like, we matter. Of course.
1: (laughs) Of course all lives matter. And (laughs) why why are we saying basic stuff? Y'all sound real simple. Yes. That's not even, who is arguing against that? Of course all lives matter. We are saying, essentially all lives matter is equivalent to we exist. (laughs) <laughs> you have a problem with acknowledging my existence? That That is, this is
0: off topic. So it's, it's counterproductive because if, if you're not agreeing that my life matters and really do, do I really exist then in your the university
1: Then it's a fallacy in your argument. If by saying all lives matter is to make the conclusion that I should not say Black lives matter, that is a, literally a fallacy. It's illogical. Hmm. If anything, you can say, "All lives matter," and this is why I want to help you out because it's true. Black lives mm-hmm. matter. What happened with that? It was, you know, that term, "Black Lives Matter," was hijacked by politicians to make a political point. Period. It was, and it, that's how us saying we exist became a, a became po- poli- uh, <laughs> a political ploy. Right. You know, and it's not us against cops. That's never, you know, us against bad cops. I, my uncle, and then you always hear my uncle is a cop. Mine, is, mine was too. He's great. I know another black dude that's a cop. He's dope.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're not
1: talking about them. We're talking about the bad ones, though.
0: Yeah, that no one seems to be, you know, calling out. Let's
1: just let's let's solve this right now, okay? Guess what, Luwami? There are some good cops. Let's clap it up for the good cops. Matter of fact, yeah. every time I see you, I'm gonna give you daps. Right. I, if I could cook for you, I will. Mm. Back on topic. There's some really bad ones, man. Okay,
0: let's get yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get back on Can we topic talk about the bad ones for a minute. Can we just talk about the bad ones? And and it's unfortunate because we're within the black community, we're stuck in this you know, rocking a hard place, right? Because at one end, we we know that the authorities are there to help protect us. But then when they call, you know, when we call them, we're, we're expecting them to protect and to serve us. But it's so, it's just always this fine line where it's like, are they going to, you know, question me? And And, and so it's so important, especially amongst police officers, the good ones, Yes. to call out the bad ones yes because b- by simply doing that you're 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 regaining the trust of yes. so many people So many people because we when you to- start when you start gaslighting as you said and, and some mm-hmm. people say well all it's like you're trying to ignore my experience you're trying to Absolutely. make it like my reality isn't is isn't true you're so, the crazy one Luana. yeah you're the bad one right yeah. and so this this I don't think people understand this is refreshing to hear my friends who are not of minority descent black or you know but my white friends and asian friends are like low i understand Mm -hmm. it's like for 20 years of my life i've been saying this one way and another and Mm -hmm. so it's like i'm not crazy like i'm not crazy for feeling and thinking this so thank you so just the fact that you're simply saying Good cops matter when when we know that is yeah. this missing what I am seeing, experiencing, and, and my reality of what I'm what I'm you know, what what I'm yeah. living in. We so, have to
1: yeah. dismantle the blue coat of silence and that blue coat of silence fraternity type of um, uh, uh, environment that they live in is rooted in white supremacy. Um, and there's lots of research that demonstrates that the KKK infiltrated police agencies um, across the nation um, in the 70s, 60s and 70s. And so this whole blue coat of silence where I see a bad cop and I don't say anything because we're frat brothers, um, it needs to be dismantled. Mm. And to your point, you know, I, I hear people say, "I well, I've always had good experiences with cops. I That's great. But there are a lot of people that are gonna tell you that they haven't and that they actually don't feel safe when cops are, are around. How, how, how Can you imagine how freeing that it would be for us to have a group of people saying, wow, I didn't know that I hear you and maybe you're right. Instead of getting it flipped around that, no, you're crazy. What Cops are perfect, you're the problem. You should have done this. Black man, you should have had your pants up. You should have spoken in perfect English. It was
0: your fault. You're crazy. Do you, how often do we see these videos? And there's been more than one video where a police officer is gun out. Hands up. Come down. Don't move. Do this. Yeah. Get your, and it's like, you're shouting 15 commands. And it's, like you're, it's like, you're doing the robot. <laughs> then They are fearful. They shoot. And it's like, well, they should have just complied. Mm-hmm. To which command? Because they shot out fifteen of them. Yeah, I was confused as to what I should do. Because I'm stop, huh? And so, and so, I again, the the purpose of why we're bringing this up, we understand that not all cops are bad. They are very good cops. You know, actually, the protests that we're going to be doing later this afternoon, the police department is going to be going with us. Awesome. What we are dis- discussing is for our uh, our 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 friends and our colleagues, our people who are in our, cl- we are simply addressing the bad ones and we want you to acknowledge the bad ones for the for yes. for the for the, for the peace of our own mind that we're not crazy and you're seeing what we're seeing. Yes. And this is why unfortunately, unfortunately I had to take the death of George Floyd in order and the pandemic to happen. I mean, it was a, a perfect, storm perfect storm. to allow the world, the world, not just America, the world mm-hmm. to see Whoa, we have a problem, yeah. And so, I realized that in order for us to really execute change, we have to talk about it, we have mm-hmm. to educate people. But then, the last step is like, okay, what are we going to do about it? Because yeah. we- to your point,
1: you said, um, the pandemic, this is the perfect storm because this isn't the first death we've seen live execution we've seen, um, and it's not the first time blacks have protested or organized to talk about this. This has been going on for the last 30 years. This isn't the first time um, that it's happened, but what you said makes perfect sense that we have time now. We got time today. Ain't nobody at work. Everybody fur- furloughed or laid off. We had time. And then we watched the TV, so we seen it all the time. We was like, oh, heck no.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl, <laughs> cold, we're going out. Yeah, and that's also, and hand sanitizer. The only
1: reason why we're we're able to do what we're doing is because, wow, we're not so distracted by this machine of capitalism that we actually have the mental bandwidth and the time to do some of this protesting. Because, you know, and you asked this question earlier. You said, "What what can our colleagues do?" And to your point, maybe after you say, "Hey, I you know I'm with you," the next thing they can start doing is say, "I believe you." Mm. Believe a black person when they tell you they experience. And don't tell don't don't rationalize it for them or tell them what you think it is. If a black person tells you, man, I've I've never felt safe around cops, and you hear like five people say the same thing, man. That might
0: be real. I wish there was, I wish I wish there was a bomb that I could <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get there's effects and stuff in the man. Don't just uh, believe me, believe me, see me. Mm. You know what? Um, I'm, I'm not going to take too much of the time. I just want to say personally, say thank you, um, for taking the time to educate, to inform, to share. Um, and, and this platform, I guess we go way back. So there, there's, there's an understanding between you and I that most people may not understand. So we don't <laughs> joke about certain things that people may, may, may not feel comfortable joking about, but, um, But I wanted to create some sort of a platform, do a video, do something that people can watch and say, yeah, I'm going to do. I'm going to read. I'm going to study. I'm going to, you know, utilize my influence, my privilege to Mm -hmm. help my like if truly we are about to change and we all lives matter. And Jesus died for everyone. Hey, that's it's so true. So when we are crying out, we need help. Help us. Help Believe us. us. Believe us. Yes. We're not trying to exact, at least for my I don't need to exact. And it it's funny because even now, Jennifer, and I, I'm being completely transparent, I am so hesitant to share stories from my past in the world and in the church about how I've been treated and and, uh, uh, and the racism that I experienced because I don't want people to think I'm cop ch- uh, uh, ch- uh, chasing. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, everybody wants to share this story. Like, what would me? And I'm hesitant to do that, but we need to share our stories. we yeah. need to be, Hey, this is my experience. And when I share it, don't say, Well, you know, Fox shows us, Luami, that the statistics in your you know list. Do you feel me, bro? Just feel me. Feel believe. me. Do you hear me? Do you believe me? Because listen, the facts are there, but what created those facts? What created those numbers? What allowed, you know, I'm just not a checklist. I'm just not a statistic. I am a person. I'm a human being. And if one person received injustice, that's one person too many. And so that's what I wanted to share. Thank you so much. Your podcast tomorrow, are you going to be, it's not your podcast. What are you doing tomorrow? Tomorrow. Oh, okay. tomorrow, listen
1: to Intersection WMFE. It's 90.7 FM. My um, graduate school mentor, his name is Dr. Small. He will be on there talking about some of the stuff we talked about. And he's like, he got the facts here. So you could come out there with a pen and
0: paper and just, right. yes, he, he, he okay. can riddle them off. So, all right. And, and also, yeah, go ahead and check out her podcast, Black Woman be well.com supports black businesses influencers and all the above jennifer love you girl thank you so much and to everyone else hopefully this was a blessing this was educational um jennifer she'll link up the uh her podcast the radio interview tomorrow as well as the books and references but please if there's anything you can do simply share this and say why must watch. All right. Hopefully, this is the beginning, a start of something new, something that we can implement change again to everyone who watched. Uh, appreciate you, Jennifer. We'll keep in touch, you know.
1: And thank you for doing this.
0: Absolutely. Blessings, y'all.